last week, um, so I'm, I'm continuing on in Ruth. So last week, Chris talked about um, everyone was doing what was right in their own eyes. The problem was that it was evil in God's sight. So, and that's, that's kind of our condition, isn't it? I mean, if we're left to our own devices, uh, we will, that sin nature will take over. So the law was both a blessing and a curse, a blessing if it was obeyed and a curse if it was not obeyed. And so that we saw that with the land. There was, I mean, Israel was the promised land. It was a land flowing with milk and honey. Well, except there was a famine because they weren't obeying. So, and then the the three main points that Chris had was uh, stop doing some things, uh, hit the road of repentance. So if there's something in your life you recognize as, as not obedient, that's something to repent of. Uh, start doing some things. And this is kind of, I mean, this is kind of big. I mean, like if I promise to give you something, it may or may not happen. But I mean, if God's given you a promise in his word, I mean, you can take that to the bank. All, all you got to do is, is trust in him and, and meditate on it and pray and, and read his word and, and wait for that thing. So um, that's a good thing. And then the last thing was stay faithful. Choose the word, not the world. Um, and this is huge too, because as you're as you're going about life, things can seem good, and then all of a sudden, like a car wreck. I mean, it just it happens so fast, and it's easy to have an excuse to quit, um, but don't. So, so that was last week. Um, any questions? They may, they may remember it. They may. Oh, good. <laughs> so, um, all right. So, as an introduction to today, so I was in Saudi Arabia for a time, and uh, in in boarding school, I actually had a girlfriend who I managed to visit there, and she lived in a little town called Yanbu, and it was on the border of the Red Sea. And we went snorkeling. And this is not an accurate picture. So really, it was kind of like a, like a beach. But see how like there's kind of like rocks there. So that's kind of that's how it was. You're, you walk out on the beach, and then there's like a little, there's like rocks here and there. But as you walk farther out, there's less sand and there's more rocks until it's all rock. And it's, it's just very strange to like be on the beach and then you're on rock. Well, and there, it was just brown. And I mean, there's, there's nothing exciting about it. Okay. Nobody's there. <laughs> so then as you get out to the edge of this thing, it just drops off. It's just deep water right there. Not like this where it slopes off real gentle. I mean, it's just. So walking out there, it's not very exciting. 
Okay. But then you jump off that cliff out into the water and you turn around and it's gorgeous. You're actually, that rock is not rock. It's actually the coral reef. You walk out onto the coral reef and it's, it's very clear. There's beautiful fish and the coral is all really beautiful. Super awesome. So that's kind of how this verse is. On the surface, it's really like, oh, okay, big whoop. But when we get in the Bible, we'll dig a little bit deeper. We'll see, we'll see some really cool stuff. So do what? That's not me. Actually, it was very interesting because we were so we were snorkeling. This guy is actually scuba diving. So the the water is so salty. I tried to I tried to swim down, but like I could actually invert myself. So I was perfectly head down and the water was on my thigh. My feet would stick up out of the water. That was as far as you can get. And then you'd have to like push. And so, uh, um, but yeah, I was, I was never actually able to get my body all the way under the water. It was so salty. But that was aside. That was totally separate from what's going on. Um, I'm going to pray and then we'll uh, start looking at this. All right. Heavenly Father, Lord, uh, um, Lord, what can we say? Your word is a deep well. And uh, um, no, no man can get to the bottom of it, Lord. As a matter of fact, we and our flesh can't even understand it at all uh, because your Bible, your scripture is spiritually, it's a spiritual book. And so, Lord, we need your spirit to teach us, come and teach us. And uh, Lord, we just, we invite you in to do that. And so, Lord, have your way with this time, Lord, and, and change us from the inside. We love you, Lord. We praise you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. So we are on Ruth 1, verse 2. So, and the name of the man was Elimelech, and the name of his wife, Naomi, and the name of his two sons, Malon and Chilion, Ephrathites of Bethlehem, Judah. And they came into the country of Moab and continued there. Okay, so we've got a husband and his wife and his two kids, and they go to Moab and they live there. Okay, so that's the boring part. So if we go in and we look at the names, which so ordinarily, like with our King James Bible, you can just stick with the English, but with with uh, the Old Testament, the names meant something. So Limelech means my God is king. Naomi is pleasant. Malon is sick. Chilion means pining. Um, Ephrathites was fruitfulness. And then Bethlehem Judah, we saw from last time, is, is house of bread. Yeah. But Ruth's not in the verse yet. She'll come later on. So 
So we'll jump off the cliff into the water and we'll look. And there's this interesting verse in 1 Chronicles 4, verse 22. And Joachim and the men of Chozobah and Joash and Seraph, who had dominion in Moab and Yeshublehem, and these are ancient things. Okay, so that doesn't seem to have any relation at all, does it? Except for Moab. Okay, but in the Bible, can you think of any other story where somebody went to Moab and lived? What's that? I can't think of, I mean, they went through, they trekked through, but they didn't go there and live there. So this is the only other verse I know of where somebody goes that says had, had dominion in Moab. So there might be a relationship there. So let's look at these names. Um, start at the end. Yeshublehem. Well, so Yeshubla means inhabitants of, and Lehem looks a lot like Bethlehem, doesn't it? So that's what that is. It's inhabitants of Bethlehem. So whoever these people are, they had dominion in Bethlehem and they had dominion in Moab. Okay. So it looks like maybe these, they might be the same people. Uh, Yochim, Jehovah raises up. A Chozaba, or Chozaba, falsehood. So we got men from a city of falsehood. That doesn't sound so good. Uh, Joash, given by the Lord, and Seraph to burn. So that Joash, so if talking about, they're, they're if doing you're a man, chapter of, and your uh, name is of Ruth, God is We're king, verse three right now, and you have a son, you might name him given by the Lord. I mean, that would kind of make some sense, right? Follow along. Um, and then Sarah have to burn. Well, see. to be piney is like we did our is we did to right burn for this. love, isn't it? So, in a kind of an extreme case, so these people, it looks like these people might be the same people. So they had dominion in Bethlehem. So they weren't nobodies there. It looks like if, if these two verses are related, then they left with other people, probably with a plan. And because, because they had dominion in Bethlehem, they probably left with money. So unfortunately, they're working with men from the city of falsehood. So this is not good, right? They've, they've taken counsel, they've got a plan, but it looks like their plan is with people that are not honest. Also, if you think about the, the verse in Ruth, who travels, I mean, Malon and Chilion, those are, those are names of sick people. You typically don't travel with sick people. Okay, but if they were 
if they were given by the Lord and, and to burn, and they had dominion in Bethlehem, they were probably strong. They were probably leaders. They probably, right? It makes, it makes some more sense, doesn't it? So point number one is get your counsel from the word of God and from the people of God, not from the world. I mean, they apparently counseled with people. It's important to have counsel. Uh, in the multitude of counselors, there's safety. Um, but you want to have the, the right counselors. Um, Psalms 1.1, blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of scornful. That person, the The person that doesn't go after the people, doesn't get their counsel from the people of falsehood, they're happy. Um, Psalms 33, 11, the counsel of the Lord standeth forever, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. The word, getting your counsel from the word of God, from the people of God who are going to give you the word of God. That's, that's always going to stand. It's always going to be, uh, <clears throat> it's always going to be good advice. Um, you know, there's people today that say that, that the word of God isn't, isn't relevant, relevant today. And that's just crazy. The word of God, the thoughts of his heart to all generations. There's, there's no exceptions to that. Um, Proverbs 19.21, there are many devices in a man's heart. Nevertheless, the counsel of the Lord shall stand. Um, we're talking about the time of judges. Uh, the devices of man's heart had been in play, and we saw what a mess that was. <laughs> so, <clears throat> And then for a, a New Testament example, um, Luke uh, 7.29 and all the people that heard him the publicans justified God being baptized with the baptism of John but the Pharisees and the lawyers rejected the counsel of God against themselves being not baptized of him and then they killed their Messiah. <laughs> so, so we see this, they're, they're in Bethlehem. They take this trip. They went to escape famine. Um, so why didn't they leave Moab when they heard the famine was over? I mean... When Ruth and Naomi get back, Boaz is doing good. I mean, he's got land. There's plenty of barley. Um, <clears throat> so, so this is not black and white. Don't get in a fist fight over it. As a matter of fact, don't even get in a fist fight over these people being the same. <laughs> but 
you know, they probably enjoyed living outside the bounds of the law. They're not in a place uh, of accountability. Were they holding the feasts in Moab like there's like, like Jews are supposed to do? Um, were they returning twice a year to Jerusalem for the feasts? All the males are supposed to return to Jerusalem for those feasts twice in a year. Um, at some point, Joash and Seraph, if these are the same people, become Malon and Chilion. So it's possible that maybe um, by the time the famine was over, maybe they were too sick to travel. And Chilion probably had his eyes on a Moabite girl by then. If they were successful in Moab, why leave? Well, that's interesting. I never got a point two. All right. So we're done with slides. <laughs> um, point two, don't be lured away by the pleasures of sin for a season. Um, at first, it seems, it seems like a good thing. You're enjoying yourself. And I'm not, what I'm not saying is don't take, don't take a break. We need a break. You need to get away. You need to decompress, but watch out for that, that sin for a season. Um, Hebrews 11, 24 through 26, which I would have had on the board. By faith, Moses, when he was come to years, refused to be called the son of Pharaoh's daughter, choosing rather to suffer affliction with the people of God than to enjoy the pleasures of sin for a season, esteeming the reproach of Christ greater riches than the treasure in Egypt for he had respect under the recompense of reward. That kind of sounds like what maybe what happened here, doesn't it? They were in the promised land. There was a famine. Okay. So the people of God were suffering affliction instead of suffering affliction together and helping each other. They split, they went to the land of their enemies to escape that it seemed good for a while but actually in the end it was it ended up being worse than than being at home being in the promises so <clears throat> and sometimes you'll see wicked people prosper um, job 20 verse 4 through 7 Knowest thou not this of old, since man was placed upon the earth, that the triumphing of the wicked is short, and the joy of the hypocrite but for a moment? Though his excellency mount up to the heavens, and his head reach unto the clouds, yet he shall perish forever like his own dung, that they which have seen him shall say, Where is he? You're going you're gonna to see some wicked people that are 
They're amazing. They're incredible. They got it all. If they don't have Jesus, they don't really have anything. They don't have anything lasting. Um, Psalms 37, 35, and 36. I have seen the wicked in great power and spreading himself like a green bay tree. Yet he passed away and lo, he was not. Yea, I sought him, but he could not be found. A green bay tree, I mean, that would provide shade for others. So, I mean, even, even this wicked person in great power is actually supplying for others. That's not going to help. So, but there is good news. Um, if you or someone you know has been living this way, sin for a season, enjoying that, um, the Lord is, is long-suffering and filled with mercy. That uh, where we ended with Chris's points was, no, I'm sorry, it was the first one. Stop, repentance, right? <laughs> Psalms uh, 86, 15, but thou, O Lord, art a God full of compassion and gracious, long-suffering and plenteous in mercy, mercy and truth. There's time to repent, turn around, and come back to the word of God and the people of God. <clears throat> so, uh, um, Maybe not. Okay. Good call. I didn't remember. I didn't remember everything that Chris went over. So. Okay. Yeah, so what did you say, 19? Yeah, so, um, so, yeah, to start back just a little bit farther, Sodom and Gomorrah. So, um, the Lord's going to destroy Sodom and Gomorrah. He goes in, he sends angels in to get Lot out. Uh, Lot gets his wife and his two daughters out. No, everybody else stays. Uh, of course, on the way out, his wife turns back and looks, gets turned into a pillar of salt. So she's, so it's literally just Lot and his two daughters. And so they're hiding up in the mountains. And, uh, um, and so his daughters, I don't know, lose their minds. They're up there. There's nobody around. They're out in the wilderness and they decide there's no men around. How are they gonna? How are they gonna have a family and continue? So the older one gets dad drunk, lays with him, gets pregnant, says, "Hey, this is great. This is a great idea. It's working." Tells the younger sister, "Okay, your turn." They get him drunk again. So she lays with them. She gets pregnant, and so now there's kids. And that's second 
Yeah, so verse 37, and the firstborn bare a son and called his, called his name Moab. The same is the father of the Moabites unto this day. And the younger, she also bare a son and called his name Ben-Ami. The same is the father of the children of Ammon unto this day. And so, uh, um, and it's really, it's kind of a testament because um, the, the testimony of the Bible suggests that Lot was saved. Um, I can't, he was carnal, but um, there's, a, there's a verse that says that um, his, his righteous soul was vexed. He's living in Sodom. He sees what's the wickedness. His soul was vexed, but, but he stayed there. Okay, so he's a carnal. He's a carnal Christian. His two daughters have incest with him. And they became enemies of Israel. I mean, they were actually, what, cousins. But they ended up as enemies. So... What's that? Yeah, yeah. So in Ruth, um, that's where they've gone. They've gone to Moab, and the and the uh, um, where it's at. So Jerusalem, and is Bethlehem is is really pretty close to Jerusalem, and about due east is the top of the Dead Sea. And Moab was kind of down on the southeastern end of the Dead Sea. And I think the, I think the northeastern part might have been Ammon. So that's where those kids settled was right there. Um, but that's how they, they would have had to go either around the sea to the north or around the sea to the south to get there. So it would have, it would have been a long trip. But cool. You feel good? Even though that's kind of a gross story. <laughs> what? It's something else now. It's Jordan. Jordan. There you go. I won't have to get Google Maps out. So that's what I had. Does anybody have any any more questions? Yeah, the problem with this situation for the the Moabite is what is known in the Bible. Somebody had me with the English word for that. That is the stick between the family members. Yeah, incest. Yeah. So this is what the curse for for this situation. That's why uh, the Moabites are cursed because of that. Okay. Yeah. So the Moabites are cursed because of that incestuous relationship, and that would include Ammon too. Yeah. Yeah. And these were uh, when, during the Exodus, when 
the Israelites came out of Egypt. Um, if I remember right, these two, the Moabites and the Ammonites, did not allow them. I mean, they came and said, look, we're going we're gonna to come through. We'll go by the king's highway. We won't stray to the right or the left. We won't take any of your stuff. Let us pass through. And, and both these people said, nope, we won't let you pass. And so they actually they went around these places. So... Talk about Lot being the Moab was the group of of the product of the incest of Lot. And it is asking questions right now. So good old Google Maps. So it looks to me like the whole the whole eastern side of the of the Dead Sea is Jordan. So all of this Moab and Ammon were. Where it's, uh, uh, would be in Jordan where's today. Moab? Where is no. Moab? No, Jordan and Israel, they've got they've got a few little issues, like a lot. I'm pretty sure Jordan was firing rockets into yeah. So cool. Well, I didn't really come up with like questions for. Um, small group, but let's go ahead and break up into groups and uh, discuss your sin for a season. Okay, maybe you don't want to talk about that, but <laughs> all right. Love you guys online. I'll make sure you're, we're muted so that you guys can be a group. Are you there, Keith?